Welcome to What's So Funny, a comedy podcast where we talk about some of the most influential and controversial comedy albums from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. Here's your host, Dave Schwenson. Hi, I'm your host, Dave Schwenson. And I'm Kelly Thulis. Well, you beat me to that. Oh, I was going to introduce you, Kelly. Well, nice to just jump right <laughs> just in and feel right it. at home. I'm feeling good. We've been doing this podcast for a while. I, feel I guess so. Well, it's good to see you. Hey, Kelly, what's been going on since the last time I saw you? Uh, well, I got married. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I guess you should have told the rest of us so we could have maybe put together a little surprise cake or a gift or something like that, right? Well, you know, the only gift that I want is for people to like and share this podcast. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. Do you have a writer over there or what? <laughs> Queen of promo here. <laughs> well, that's why you're my favorite co-host. Oh, thank you. You're my favorite host. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you very much. Thank ladies. you very much. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're back here. Oh, thank you. What's been going on with you, Dave? Oh, uh, you know, I'm just kind of getting close to the end of the year doing comedy workshops. You know, I don't know. We'll f- start planning for next year. Start getting the schedule together for that. All right, that is that is very real. You got to start there, hustling. Out there spreading laughter. Mm-hmm. Spreading joy and laughter. Speaking of spreading joy and laughter, you know who our subject is today? Our our featured comedian. I do, and I'm so excited to talk about her. She's a legend, and I didn't know very much about her. I don't think a lot of people do. No. You know, and we're talking about Moms Mabley. That's right, Moms Mabley. Jackie Moms Mabley. Yeah, and she really is a groundbreaking comedian and really um, an influence on a lot of the comics that came after her. And I don't think a lot of our younger listening audience would know who Moms Mabley is. I don't think so, but she definitely influenced a lot. I mean, Eddie Murphy came out and said that he just right up stole her act for Nutty Professor. I mean, you can see her influence all over and so many comedians. She's right. really influenced a lot of people. And she's that classic story of overnight success where she grinded and grinded for 20 years. <laughs> 20, and then like 30 sudden, or 40 yeah, years. 30, 40 I, Yes, yes. You're right. And all of a sudden, she was a hit. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just get right into this. I want to play some Moms Mabley for our listeners to kind of get an idea of what she does. Because, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes she's hard to understand. She's very hard to understand at times. She's actually, I read an article from Ebony Magazine saying that her voice sounds like a truck of gravel being poured onto a tin roof. That's a perfect description. Yeah. Let's go into this first clip. Kelly, you want to introduce it for us? Yes, this is from her album, Live at Sing Sing. She recorded it in 1960s and went out in 1970. It's one of 20 albums that she had. She was kind of the queen of party albums. Yeah, this one, she would perform at Sing Sing every year. She did it for about 10 years, performing to just thousands and thousands of of hardcore prisoners. Yeah, I wonder if everyone realizes what Sing Sing is. It's like Alcatraz. Yeah, it's 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 like a hardcore prison where these hardcore prisoners go in there forever. And this is... Is this little old lady who just just won their hearts. She was accepted as one of them. She actually called them all mom's children. She went there every year for Christmas and just made them happy. So this first clip that we're going to listen to is the intro of the album where she's actually kind of playing with the warden a little bit. All right, let's take a listen. This is Mom's Mabley live at Sing Sing. Time. 
And now, without further ado, Mercury Records bring to you live from Sing Sing Prison, the funniest lady in the world, Jackie Mom's Baby. when mom was supposed to. Some two men brought a disease over here in this country. <laughs> and I got that flu. Honey, I was sick. <laughs> oh, the doctor come to see me. I said, do something for me, honey, I'm dying. <laughs> he said, mom, I said, I can't hear nothing, doctor. Do something for me, please. He said, Mom, just drop your jaws. <laughs> but first, children, I want to thank this wonderful man that made it possible for Mom to be out up here today. And that's Warden Lehman. Lehman. I, Warden, come out here a minute, son. Come on out, baby. Thank, thank you so much for bringing me up here. All of these are mom's children, and I brought something for you. Two of Mom's latest albums, one called Abraham, Martin, and John, and the other one is called What Generation Grab? <laughs> now you just go home and put them on your machine and laugh yourself to death because they're funny. My, my only concern is to, to have the men enjoy the show. That was what we started out for. Well, uh, if they don't stand up and laugh, laugh, laugh they're going to do some funny things sitting down, I tell you that. <laughs> Children, I feel safer than I've felt in a long time. Cause, baby, it is rough out there. <laughs> you know, a little boy, 10 years old, walked up to mom and said, stick him up. <laughs> I said, you too, little son, to be carrying on like that. He said, mom, I don't want that damn job. Give me some money. <laughs> Mom's Babley, live at Sing Sing Prison. That's one way to get the prisoners on your side. Bring up the warden. 
Right. And Tell him to wish, laugh himself to yeah, death. Yeah, well, laugh himself to death. I don't even think he got it. The warden didn't see. So. He's just like, I just hope the prisoners are happy. Yeah, it didn't sound like it. You know, and one thing I want to talk about moms, I want to get into her background a little bit too, but it is, I do want to say, it is kind of hard to understand her. Yes. It in is. case anyone's listening, they think, well, what exactly did she say? Well, we don't really know either. <laughs> um, you have to really pay attention yes. to understand her, not just her voice, the difficulty with her voice, but also the double meaning in her words. Yes. And you did describe her voice correctly, Kelly, when you <laughs> talked about that. Mom's Mabley was very visual. Now, we're listening to her from her album, and I know there's video clips out there. You can look at it. She's a very colorful person with all her flowery like dress, and uh, she wore like a kind of a frumpy-looking hat. But she performed with no teeth. Yeah. She took her teeth out. Yeah. She was very, uh, very opposite from some performers at the time. You know, I feel like that era was the time of the the soft focus on the starlets. And there she was. Yeah, you want to look glamorous for Hollywood. And and here, Mom's Mabley, who could look glamorous when she's off stage? Absolutely. She's actually known for that off stage. She looked completely different. Yes. But before she went on, she dressed in this as this character, this Mm -hmm. old woman, and she would take out her teeth and she would just have gums in her mouth. Right. But it was very funny. Like I said, she's very visual. So when she would come out and call the prisoners or audiences, my children, it was like, you know, their mom. And she got the name Mom by the way, moms, because the way she did take care of everybody. That Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, I heard that originally her, her show name, because it is a show name. Yes. Her actual real name is Loretta May Aiken. And yes. so she came up with Jackie Mabley from an ex-boyfriend, what I read anyways. Yeah, the yeah. interesting thing about her is that so much of her history is just legend. She was doing it for so long and started so young and so much of her story is legend that we we don't even know how much of it's true. But I had read that it was Jack Mabley was a, a first boyfriend. Yes. And just sort of out of revenge, she took his name well, as a she stage said, name. I read this too. She said he took so much from her, the least she could do is just take the name from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she took this like out of revenge and then somewhere along in her act, she became Moms. It's yeah. Like earned that nickname. Well, we, I want to talk about her background. She came up in what they call the Chitlin Circuit. Now, it's, it's hard to imagine Imagine that today. It really is. I mean, the amount of segregation and the differences between, you know, the whites and the blacks, especially in the South, that was going on when Moms Mabley was starting her career. And she started, you know, in the 1920s. Right. So they even had an entire touring circuit that was just whites only and the other was for blacks only. And the black was called the Chitlin Circuit. And she came up through that. And it was hardcore, rough living standards theaters, the dressing rooms, the travel, everything was pretty bad. And she was known for nurturing a lot of the younger performers. And she got the name Moms. What's interesting, too, is that she actually ran away to that life. Yes. Her life before that was so hard that she ran away to this very difficult life on this vaudeville circuit. So she was 14 when she left home. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. And her her father had died. He was a firefighter, and he had died when the fire engine exploded. And then just a year or two after that, her mother was hit by a truck on Christmas Day yes. and passed away. Yes. And so there was just—she was like one of—we're not even sure. We were looking it up 12, 16, 11. Nobody's really sure. I've read so many different siblings that she had. The numbers, it's very—they uh, didn't yeah. keep good records. Uh, nobody <laughs> the, knows nobody for sure. Nobody really and knows. And is she the oldest? Was she in the middle somewhere? We don't know. They definitely did not. And so she had this— 
very troubling childhood. So then at 14, she moved to Cleveland. Yeah, and the joined hotbed that. of uh, show business. Yeah, and it still is today, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. We'll call it that. <laughs> and so, yeah, she went out there, and, and that's when she started performing in the circuit. And she had a very mind-your-own-business attitude when it came to press. She just sort of, you know, her act was her act, and offstage she kept a private life. And so it's, she, like I said, she's a legend. Her offstage life is just a legend because no one's really certain. Well, let's listen to some more Moms Mabley and come back and put the clues together if we can to see if we can learn more about her after this. She said, hey, said, hey, Super, send me some steam. You're the latest man I've ever seen. Put on that bottle and do what you order. How can I take a bath when I ain't got no hot water? <laughs> Listen, Super, or do you want me to call you Joe? Don't you know that weather out there is 20 below? I'm so mad at you that I can scream. Super? Send up some damn steam. Because <laughs> yesterday. You lied and said the heat was on its way. <laughs> but I haven't heard a hiss out of that radiator today. Because I've been cold since yesterday. <laughs> she said, go away. I don't want to hear a thing you got to say. He said, I know damn well you ain't looking for no rent today. <laughs> Not after what you called me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you care? If I call for knees, I wouldn't give you another damn dime if you fell on your knees. <laughs> I've got to have heat. <laughs> Mr. Lindsay, you promised me heat. Well, I don't care what they say, but my rent I'm going to pay. I've got to have heat. <laughs> heat. Heat. We're listening to Moms Mabley live at Sing Sing. You know, Moms did a lot with music. That's right. I mean, that comes from her vaudeville days from yes. where she started out. Yeah, we'd mentioned um, that she'd run away from North Carolina where her just life was just horrible. I mean, she ran to Cleveland to get into show business. Yeah, and that's uh, really, that's where she met Butterbeans and Susie. They were this duo act. Yeah. And they sort of took her under their wing. The... They had a hit song at the time. It was like, I, I'm butchering the title, but it was something along the lines of like, put a hot dog in my bun. It was like. That was a was, very raunchy song. I know what you're referring to. It was a very raunchy song, and it was their hit, but it was a just complete double entendre. And that's where she sort of got her raunchiness style and also her musical style. Yes, but she was doing some singing and dancing and some comedy in between, and it really took over being a comedian, more of a stand up comedian with music in her act. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, the old. I call it vaudeville, but it really was the Chitlin Circuit. It was, you know, for the black artists that she met Butterbean and Susie. Butterbeans and Susie. It used to be, you know, here's a his, piece of history for you. It used to be Stringbean and Susie, a, an artist by the name of Stringbean, oh, who really? died, died in the 19, early 1920s, I think. And an agent just 
took his act and gave it to this other guy and said, here, from now on, you're Butterbean, <laughs> she's Susie, and you do his act. Wow. And that's what they did. But they saw Moms Mabley uh-huh. performing and said she was too good to be playing some of those smaller, really bad theaters she was doing. So they took her over and uh, they hooked her up with an agency. It's called TOBA, which is the Theater Owners Booking Association. Oh, wow. Primarily a black-owned and black talent booking agency. They did take her into the bigger theaters. They got her all the way up to like $90 a week. It's kind of the story of how really comedy, it's such a community and everybody helps each other out. That's mm-hmm. what's sort of the, the nice thing about that story. Yes. I think it's still very much like that today. Yes. Another kind of interesting thing I, we can take away from that clip is that even though she was this old woman, and like we said, she she dressed up in these, you know, she didn't have her teeth in. She had these, like, frumpy house dresses and a bucket hat and, and just sort of looked like an old woman. She really related to the youth. And you can hear that in the songs <laughs> she parodies, just doing the Beatles. Yes. And, yeah, it's just a very—she really related to them. Well, her style was she always wanted a young man. Yes, yeah. That was always. part of her her hook in her act. It was always about the young men she wanted. I think she her famous line was, she, "There was no old man can do anything good for her except to bring her a note from a young man." <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. I'm paraphrasing. It was something along something those lines. Something along the lines. Actually, that that really brings us right into our next clip. Okay. She is the dirty old woman in this next uh, next segment. She talks about. Well, let's take a listen. Mom's Mabley live at Sing Sing. I don't like no old men. I'm going with Tom Jones now. Yeah, I know he's white, but I ain't got time to look for no damn car. When you get old and mommy, you glad to get used as you can. That old man like to run me crazy, Joe. I don't want nothing old but some old money. <laughs> and I'm going to use it to put a head in the paper for some young man. <laughs> old man don't know how to do nothing. for him to do but be old. <laughs> My old man is sitting under a tree that someone a leaf fell on him and knocked him out. <laughs> he, he got up on the scales to <laughs> to weigh it, and the scales didn't move. <laughs> come saying to me, say, baby. I said, don't come call me baby, you know my name. <laughs> he said, now there you go. Um, he, said, he said, come on, let's sit down and talk things over. <laughs> I said, you're gonna have to do more than talk, honey. To get me to let because I don't believe nothing you say. He said, well, come on, sit down. Sit down. I sat him down, and then I sat down. 
he said, Annika looked at me and said, Now, now, tell me, just tell me, where you going to find? <laughs> he said, just tell me where you going to find another man like me. I say in the graveyard. <laughs> He said, what man can you find that'll treat you like I do? I say, Hitler. <laughs> he said, if I should die, what would you do? I said, laugh. <laughs> he said, well, I, I ain't gonna argue with you. I'm going. I'm going upstairs and go to bed. I said, well, you have to wait a while because I'm tired. I don't feel like carrying you up the steps. <laughs> well, Mom's Mabley. Now, she was billed for a while as the funniest woman in the world. I, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I think in a, in a long career before she ever became what we called mainstream. Right. Where a lot of the rest of America or her listeners found out who she was. Right. She started, like we said before, she started in the 1920s, but it wasn't until the 1960s that she right. took off as being a household name. And she was the first black female stand-up comedian. Again, back in vaudeville and the Chitlin circuit, they had comedy teams where women were part of the teams or whatever. But she was the first one to stand on the stage by herself right. and tell these jokes. As a matter of fact, she was the first woman on stage by herself at the Apollo Theater in New York. That's like right, 1939. 1939, 1939, right. It's, I mean, and that was the time, too, where I, it, the Apollo shows, I mean, it was like five shows a day or something like that. Yes. It was it was hard work. And she was out there doing that. And then um, I think the first woman to play Carnegie Hall yeah. also. And that's interesting because that was like in the very early 60s. I think we saw that was 1962. Yeah, she really broke through with appearances in the 1960s on the Merv Griffin show. Ed Sullivan. Ed She's, Sullivan, yeah. The Smothers Brothers. And she was already an older woman by that time. Again, nobody really knows how old, though. No. It's <laughs> always kind of a mystery. On. No one's sure. But, uh, yeah, she was, you know, at that time. But she did a lot of impressive work. And, like you said before, a lot of material that has just influenced so many comedy acts. Right. Well, Whoopi Goldberg did a... HBO special, I think in 2013 it was. Mm-hmm. She made a documentary uh, about documentary her. about Moms Mabley. They look at her as an influence. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I mean, she came, she came out and she could speak her mind. If you listen to her act, she's talking about real things. Turn yeah. on the heat. <laughs> give me some Playing steam the up here. Give me the heat. Yes, and it was real things, and she made it funny. Yeah, made it relatable to everybody. Even these, you know, like I said, she's doing this album in a maximum security prison. Right. And she's making, and I love that joke where she just says, I've never felt safer <laughs> in this maximum security prison because it's so hard outside. And how many decades ago was that that she recorded this? Like, this we is the think, se- 1970s. Yeah, well, we think she recorded it sometime in the late 1960s. We're guessing 1969. Yeah. That's the thing about Moms Mabley and some of these records that go back. Again, we don't know how many siblings she had. We don't really know that much. All when did history. she record? these. This album came out, she won, uh, she had a gold record, I think on Chess Records, 
Chess was the record company of all those great blues artists, early rock and roll artists out of Chicago, real innovators. Here she was, a black woman on Chess Records. Yeah. And it sold enough copies, she got a gold album. So then she moved on to a bigger record company, Mercury Records, which is what this album, Live at Sing Sing, is on that label. But before that, she was recording her own albums to be sold at her shows, I guess. When you call them party albums, that's what the parents of those days would listen to. They put the kids to bed and they'd have a party downstairs with their cocktails play the, and their play cigarettes. Play the album and, and everyone's just sort of listening yeah, and talking and just sort of had it on. She had the 20 albums. Yes. I mean, she really, really was working hard for, for decades. Yes. And they were adult topics. One of the things that's so interesting is, again, her double entendres, her raunchiness. For that time, it was especially strange to see this old woman just really talking about issues that you just wouldn't expect. You see this old kind of church lady-looking woman up there talking about some really serious topics. Somebody's grandmother. Yeah, someone's grandma up there hitting on younger men and such. (laughs) In this next clip, she's going to—the subject is adultery. Well, okay. Well, let's just get into that without any more being said. So, from Mom's Mabley, from Mom's Mabley's album, Live at Sing Sing, I'm just going to talk about having an affair. I don't dream. Because the plane got so they scared me to bed. I don't dream. And it was an absent-minded professor on there. He couldn't think of nothing. Couldn't remember nothing. So he had a little black book. And he had everything wrote down in the little black book. You know, so he's sitting up there on the train. Man Sam says, say, uh, hey, traveling professor, says, uh, said, have you been, have you ever been to Pittsburgh? He said, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, took out his little book. <laughs> he says, yes, I've been to Pittsburgh. <laughs> say, uh, did you happen to meet a woman by the name of Lena Smith? In Pittsburgh, he said, Smith, 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 took out his book. Yes, yes, I, I remember. I met a woman by the name of Lena Smith in Pittsburgh. He says, did you have an affair with a woman in Pittsburgh named Lena Smith? He said, affairs, affairs. <laughs> yes, I had an affair with a woman in Pittsburgh named Lena Smith. He said, well, I'm Mr. Smith, and I don't like it. <laughs> he said, opinions, opinions. <laughs> opinions. He said, I didn't either. <laughs> there she was, Mom's Mabley, live at Sing Sing. Mom's I- Mabley, live at Sing Sing. I think what's interesting, again, we are just listening to it, but you can hear it in her voice, the stage presence she has. She really has a strong stage presence. She's really having fun on there on stage, enjoying her work, and it it really translates through. I think it's interesting, too. We kind of touched upon this before, but she was different offstage. Mm-hmm. You know, she dressed as this mom's character, but then offstage she wore custom men's suits. Yes. Yeah, she's known for talking about, you know, hitting on younger men, as we just listened to in that clip. Mm -hmm. It was all about younger men, and the truth was she was a lesbian. You know, that's quite a life you think about because she also had children. Now, her stepfather forced her to marry an older man. So we're guessing maybe that's where these children came from. Right. But if you see photos of Moms Mabley offstage, and we're talking about the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, she's dressing like a man. Mm Mm-hmm. 
with the uh, yes, the custom made suits and the short hair, and um, and and she definitely had her teeth in. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. You know, I mean, she uh, was very private off stage. Off stage, but what it seems from the research that I had. It wasn't like she was lying to people, you know? It was just that Moms Mabley was a character yes. that she did on stage, and off stage, she was, you know, Loretta. She yes. had her own life. And she was very private about she it. Was private, she didn't go but, out and do a lot of crazy things, right? Yeah. She had her family. She was accepted, though. That's what it yes. also seemed to it wasn't. It wasn't some sort of lie amongst the her other co-performers or anything. She was just accepted, and, and there wasn't... I don't know. There wasn't any drama. There wasn't anything. She was accepted. She was respected. Yes, very, And again, with the name Moms, they did rely on her. She was someone who was there for them. She had that reputation. She did not give herself the name Moms to be an old woman. That's what they were calling her. Yes. And then her audience became Moms' children. Children. Yeah, just just a beautiful person all around. So do we have another clip we can listen to to get some more Moms Mabley in here? In this next clip, we're going to see a little bit more influence of her vaudeville days. I mean, she did say that she was just an everything performer. Yes. She could do everything. And she talked about her work ethic and how hard she worked. And she said that she was ready to do anything you needed in the entertainment world. I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I want to point out too, that I read some interview with her that she said a lot of the younger comics that were coming up at that time Mm -hmm. thought they were going to be overnight successes. And they would have one joke or one little bit that they thought, that's it, it's their big bit, it's going to make them famous forever. But she said they didn't have the work ethic. They didn't have the stage experience. I mean, she performed thousands of shows and she knew how to work an audience. She knew to give that look. You know, a yeah. glance, a, a, a pause, the delivery, the timing, everything. She had it down perfect. She had it down so much that, I mean, like you said, she was the queen of the party albums. Her stage presence it translates into her albums. You can just listen like we are here today and still get the humor of it without actually seeing her. And I'm sure the same could be said if we were just watching her without any sound. You would still find it funny yeah. because she had such a remarkable presence. But yeah, in this next clip, she actually, she's going to be doing some opera. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, she traveled with her band. Yes. I think Luther was her piano player, but uh, you can hear a guitar player, drummer. She she traveled. I, I read that also. They traveled as a group, and she had a lot of music in her act. So let's listen to the opera from her live at Sing Sing album. Luther, the opera. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Luther. Wait a minute, Luther. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Luther. I don't know what's the matter with that boy. I don't know. Luther, I think he's sick. Yes, he's sick. Luther, I want you to play an opera like you'd play for a real opera star. These children all know opera. I want you to play for one of them big, like you play for one of them big opera stars, like little Stevie Wonder or one of them. The old man's opera. I wrote strictly for him. You're just too old to be true. (laughs) There's nothing weaker than you. I have 
to grab you and shake Just to keep you awake There's nothing more I can do You're just too far gone to be true The way he mumbled when he walked The way he stumbled when he walked The way he tripped on every crack The peat moss growing on his back The way he didn't have a tooth The lies he told about his youth The way he stood when he's in bed That's when I was upside his head His bottle broke when he fell down. He sat there looking like a clown. The way the wine flowed like a high. The way he screamed, I hope it's blood. The way his screams filled the room. That's when I hit him with the broom. Remembering all those stupid things. All of a sudden my heart sang You're just too weak to be true I'm sorry I ever met you Why don't you give me a break And just go jump in the lake I just can't put up with you You are just too sad to be true. My old man, there's nothing that he's weaker than. If you want a sexy friend, you better not depend on my old man. Okay, that was Mom's Mabley doing her <laughs> opera her for the opera. prisoners at Sing Sing. Yep, opera stars just like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she was a woman of the times, too. You know, this was recorded in the late 60s. I think it came out in 1970. But even after her career and everything she went through beginning in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I mean, she was right there, as I mentioned before, with Dick Gregory, but even with the civil rights. Oh, very involved. Going on in 60s, I mean— you know, the segregation that she experienced and then the fight for equality. But uh, John F. Kennedy, when he was president in the early 60s, actually invited her to the White House. Yeah, she had such a strong presence back then. That's so That's so cool. She released an album, I think, in 1966, Moms Mabley at the White House Conference. So <laughs> even though she wasn't known for being very political or anything, she made her presence known. Oh, very I mean, she was a black so. woman who was in charge of her life and what she was doing. And, uh... You know, it was the fight of the 60s. Yeah, she actually, there's a great quote from her where she says, you know, the good old days, I was there, where were they? (laughs) (laughs) She really, and she does go on in another interview where she says, like, the good old days, people talk about them, but really, like, this is the best time. You know, we can love who we want to love. We've got freedoms. This is the best time is now. Of course, she was talking about 1970, but I think she'd be really impressed to see how far we've come even since then. And she was a black woman making it in this still a segregated world right? and saying how progressive we were at that time. You know, her career really took off for her late in life. She became a movie star 
That's right. Around the same time that this album came out, I believe. I got to check on that date. But she starred, she had her first starring role in the movie Amazing Grace. Right. She had done some smaller roles back in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Again, she, she just films. did everything. She yes. did a little of ready yes. for any part of entertainment. But I want to say it was like in the 19, very early 1972, 73, she was Grace in a movie Amazing Grace. Yeah, she was all over television, the talk show. She was very, very popular, Moms Mabley. But then she passed away in 1975. Yeah, again, nobody really knows how old she they was at that point. Some say 78, some were saying 81. No one's really sure, but they do say it was natural causes. Yes, but she left a lasting impression. Like I said, all the comedians that came after her that were influenced. And again, I'll talk about Eddie Murphy. I'll talk about Chris Rock. Richard Pryor, Whoopi Goldberg, last summer that uh, they were, there was a big fire at Universal Studios in California in 2008 where they lost a lot of original material, recordings for a lot of rock and roll stars, uh, opera stars, Broadway musicals and everything. And just as they were going through this, I think it was released last June that Moms Mabley, her material, her original recordings were destroyed oh, in that fire. No. Wow. You know, we have this. Of course, we're listening to it today. Yeah. But um, so much of that original material. Yes. uh, It's been lost. Wow. Well, I mean, and again, so much of our actual history has just been lost. It's just like legends. But, you know, comedian comedy fans and the comedians who understand the influences and enjoy the history of comedy, they all know who Moms Mabley is. And she's going to live on that way. So Moms Mabley was our subject today, Kelly. I um, really enjoyed doing this show. I did, too. I really enjoyed looking into this, you know, just an epic part of comedy history. She is just such an influence on so many things, and so little is known about her that I really enjoyed, you know, putting the detective hat on and researching her and learning more. All right. Well, I guess it's time for us to get out of here. So uh, do you want to say anything else? I guess thank you for listening, and thank you, Dave. It's been fun. <laughs> and you're Kelly Thulis. Yeah, we'll see you next time. And I'm Dave time. Schwenson. Keep laughing. You've been listening to What's So Funny. Catch us next week with Logan Rishaw when we find out just what's inside Shelly Berman. Special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya, producer Sarah Wilgroup, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work, and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.